predict, pick, and prevail in your fantasy football leagues with Nick Giacobbe and Nick Cap. From breakouts to busts, superstars to sleepers, these are the guys that will help you achieve fantasy glory. This is the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Welcome everybody to Season 2, Episode 12 of the Primetime Fantasy Podcast, where we give you our predictions, our picks, with the hopes that we help you prevail throughout the 2022 fantasy football season. I am your host as always, Nick Giacobbe, and joining me is Nick Cap. Nick, we have some drafts to recap. We'll tell you guys who we picked, why we picked them. And then we have a really fun segment we've been talking about for a couple weeks. We're going to take two receivers from each team that have two stud receivers. And we're going to tell you which one we would rather have and why at their current ADP. So it's going to be a really fun show. Yeah, I know. Nick's been super hyped for this one. He's been talking about it a lot. There's a lot of good wide receiver twos on teams this year. I mean, just not to go through too many, but I mean, T. Higgins and Mike Williams going inside the top 15 right now. Uh, that's crazy. For and even, even Chris Godwin was a top eight or 10 wide receiver. Yeah, prior to his injury, out, so you know, there's, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch. So it definitely makes for an interesting debate seeing, you know, a wide receiver to go that early in drafts. But it, it's a good uh, – it'll be a good conversation for sure. And I'm sure we'll be arguing a lot during this one. Yeah, well, uh, we're going to have some fun with this one. <laughs> uh, before we get started, if you listened to a previous episode, thank you so much. We appreciate that. Hopefully you're sticking around. If you enjoy our content, you can listen to us at any podcasting platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, basically anywhere where you could find a podcast, you could find the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please give us a five-star rating and a review. It takes all of 20 seconds and really does uh, help us out and boost that algorithm. If you would rather watch us rather than listen to us, please do. We do have nice, fancy graphics. Get to see us argue. Sometimes we do goofy, stupid stuff for fun because fantasy's fun. Football's fun. Um, so if you want to watch us, we're on YouTube primetime fantasy podcast. If you want to follow us and support us on social media, and again, please do TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, primetime FF pod, Facebook, and YouTube is primetime fantasy podcast. All the support you guys do, whether it's a like, a retweet, a subscription, a view, it, it really does help a lot. So keep finding ways to interact with us and stick with us. And hopefully we all win some championships throughout this fantasy season. All right, we're going to start things off with some draft recaps. Me and Nick both did fantasy drafts over the weekend. Was yours on yours a Sunday, right? Yes, Sunday in person. Okay, so Nick had a Sunday draft in person. It was a 10-man. I had an online draft on Sunday night, a 12-person. So I've been rambling. I'm going to let Nick talk and recap his draft first off, then I'll get into mine. Sure. So my league, not full PPR, half PPR. Oh, that um, stinks. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the half. That's lame. But, but, you know, I we, we're allowed to do rule proposals at the in-person draft for next season. Um, and I, I wanted to throw it out there. But I, I like having the one half PPR. It gets me thinking on my feet a little more and encourages you to kind of look more at the stats. You got to look at who's um, really racking up more yards and touchdowns versus just check down. So I'll actually go with my first round. Um, the two guys that I have back-to-back at my running back three and running back four on the season, Najee Harris and Dalvin Cook. In full PPR, I have Najee over him. But Najee had so much workload in the passing game, and I'm confident Dalvin Cook's going to hit 1,300, 1,400 yards on the ground if he stays healthy, that I went with Dalvin Cook in the first round of this league. Typically, I would take Najee in full PPR over him. Um, I was able to wrap around and grab DeAndre Swift, so doubled up on running back half PPR league. Um, it is also a keeper league. Um, it's a very weird rule. I think Nick's going to hate this one too. Any player drafted in the sixth round or later, you can keep, but it had to have been drafted by your team. 
So if you pick them up on waivers and they ended on your roster, doesn't matter. You can't keep them. If you drafted them at all and traded them, you can still keep them the following year. It's a very weird dynamic. So hold on, hold on. So if I pick Travis Etienne in round five and I trade him to you, I could keep Etienne. Uh, well, six and later, yeah, but yes, pretty much. Uh, the waiver thing is fine, but that's no. You traded him. You traded your keeper. I agree. Option. I agree. I proposed uh, it. It got shut down. Uh, so six no, to four that's... vote. So anyway, my my mm. keeper from last year was Michael Pittman. So I felt confident with him being my wide receiver one or two. Um, we start three wide receivers and two flex with it being a five-person league. Um, you know, you want to get as many points in there. We cut out the kicker this year. Thank God. Um, so I have, Michael Pittman. No? I have Michael Pittman. I drafted Keenan Allen in the third, got stacked at wide receiver there. Then I went with Zeke. Zeke was a solid flex play. Um, if DeAndre Swift and Dalvin Cook have large injury history, Ezekiel Elliott's been healthy pretty much his entire career. So if any of them go down, I'm confident I can plug and play Zeke. And he's a good flex option that should give me 12 to 15 points per game. Um, took Godwin. We talked about the injury concern right at the start of the episode. But you're, you're, st- you're stacked on receivers. so Yeah, I'm loaded. And if Godwin's out because it is a three wide receiver and uh, two flex, I grabbed Russell Gage at the back of the draft. So this way I can plug and play him and drop him as soon as Godwin's back. Um, Kyler Murray, Dalton Schultz, back to back. This is from the sixth spot. Um, very, two guys I'm very high on this year. Um, Amari Cooper, I know Nick didn't love that pick, um, but with him being as late as he was and me realizing this is a keeper league and if the last five weeks of the season, Amari Cooper looks great with Deshaun, I can keep Amari Cooper the following year. Then from there, I pretty much just said, screw it, I'm taking rookies. I'm taking guys that I think can pop year two, guys I can cut very early on, um, or year two receivers. So I'll run them off real quick. Went Devontae Smith, George Pickens, Isaiah Pacheco, Ken Walker, um, Romeo Dobbs, and Isaiah Spiller. Pretty much loaded up on a, got a bunch of rookies with hype that I know no matter what now, I have the potential to keep them next year, and it replaces the last pick in my draft. So pretty confident with how the draft went. I'm really looking forward to the season. I think my team is one of the best in the league right now. Um, but, of course, as I said in our advice, you, you really do win your league on the waivers and through trades. Um, I, I do think not all the rookies will hit that I have, but as long as one no, or two does, not, not all rookies will ever hit. Right? You're looking yeah, to find as long as one or two. Does. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty set every week with my starting lineup, and one of them will break into a flex spot. And I thought Nick had a very solid draft. I told him that I didn't like the Cooper pick, but looking at the board, I thought there were other options you could have picked there. But it's okay. He's so stacked everywhere, everywhere else. Uh, I thought he drafted very well. I like the late round value. I like the early round value. I like to be focused on each of those skilled positions. I looked at the other guys on the draft board and some of them had really strong starts and kind of fell off. Some of them had some weird picks, a little bit of a wonky board, but I thought Nick drafted, uh, drafted very well. Appreciate it. All right. I had a 12 man draft. I, I was a 12th pick. I was a champion last year and I, they randomized the picks and I still ended up at pick 12. That's okay. I'm the champion. This, this is my championship trophy for the star Wars autograph, uh, star Wars autograph universe. Fantasy League. This was uh, this was last year's trophy. This is the actor who pl- uh, actress who plays um, the armor in um, in the Mandalorian. So if you're watching the the Zoom, not the Zoom, I should say, I was on Zoom earlier. If you're watching the YouTube, um, you're seeing the the trophy that I got. Um, it says Star Wars Autograph Universe 2021 Fantasy Football Champion. This is the way. I would like to meet her and have her like write my name on it. Right, inaugural because the first year of the league. So I think that'd be pretty cool. Anyway. Um, and I also got some money for that too, which is nice. Uh, all right. So 
my strategy going into this was probably going to be an anchor strategy, depending on where that second running back fell, <clears throat> picking from 12, so I have 12 and 13. I went with DeAndre Swift. I did want Kamara or Delvin Cook to fall to me for the fact that I have DeAndre Swift in another league. And I said it last week. I banked on Jonathan Taylor in all four of my leagues last week. I mean, last year. And it worked out great. But would that happen again? I don't think so. So I'm trying to spread out who I have in certain leagues. So I now have Swift in two leagues. But I'm not against that. As long as he stays healthy. They're saying they want him to be in a thousand-yard rusher and receiver. He could be a Kamara. So I'm not upset about picking Delvin Cook. I then went with Stephon Diggs. Like, they're going to have one of the highest scoring offenses in football. Diggs is going to have a monster season. Uh, Cole Beasley and uh, Emmanuel Sanders both left the team, and they, I think, had like 180 targets last year. Those targets are going to go somewhere. So I'm really happy with the Diggs pick. Then we go to rounds three and four. So this is like picks 36 and 37. Um, I didn't get the guys that I wanted to fall to me T. Higgins, Michael Pittman. The only running back I really liked was Chubb. I thought about ETN, but I, I said here I was going anchor. So I picked up uh, Deontay Johnson, who was still a target machine, and Marquise Brown. Then we go to pick 60-61. This is where I really wanted my tight end. They were going off the board. I was really worried this one wouldn't fall to me, and he did. Dalton Schultz, I love him having him in both of my leagues. I think he'll be a top five tight end. And then I picked 61. I was either going to go quarterback because the quarterbacks are going to go. And I knew right here, I have a quarterback or running back too, if I really want to solidify that offense. But Allen Robinson's sitting there at pick 61 in round six. And you can't pass up Allen Robinson. I'll talk about him later on the show, but if you get to pick 60 and Allen Robinson's there, I, I don't care who's on your roster because he's going to be a top 15 fantasy wide receiver roughly. So I, I don't think you could pass on him no matter who's on your roster. You got to take the points in that one. So it's a three wide receiver league, by the way. So now my starting lineup receivers are Deontay Johnson, Stefan Diggs, Marquise Brown, and Allen Robinson. Really happy about that. Picks 84 and 85, this is where the anchor strategy comes in. Now i got to hit on some of my late-round running back picks. I went with Kareem Hunt, still very productive with Cleveland, has touchdown potential, and has trade potential. So I do hope he gets traded because I think he's really talented. Pick 85, my quarterback options were uh, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and Dak Prescott. Uh, I said, let's ride. And I took Russell. Yeah, let's go. I kind of wish I took Stafford. So now I have Russ in two leagues, but... No, you made the oh, right back. Um, picks 108 and 109. Damian Pierce and J.D. McKissick. Um, that Washington backfield is a mess. McKissick catches a lot of balls, and Damian Pierce is a stud. I think at this point you really got to pick and choose which rookies and which late-round flyers you want to go for. Pierce is a guy you should go for in every single league. Um, I got Pierce and Romeo Dubes, uh, Dobbs in this league, and, and I'm really happy about that. I want them in every single league. So I would say you should pick one or two that you really want to target that you're really confident in. For me, Damian Pierce, Romeo Dobbs. I got Dobbs around 15, uh, 14. Um, round 11 and 12, Derek, I, I say that because my picks are back-to-back. -back. Uh, I picked Derek Carr as my backup. Nick knows I'm very high on Derek Carr and the Raiders this year, so I'm pretty thrilled with that backup. Um, then I got Daryl Henderson Jr. backup to, uh, to Cam Akers, so I get running back depth. Uh, 13 and 14, Wandell Robinson and Romeo Dobbs. Rookie upside. And then with my last round pick, I took a backup tight end. I took Hayden Hurst. We'll see how Burrow does with Hurst. There's a lot of mounts to feed on that offense. I don't know if he'll be on my roster the entire season, but it's okay. It's my last pick. So um, I thought my draft was okay. I thought there were a lot of guys that could have fell to me that didn't. I took a little bit of risk, but um, I think my team's going to score a lot of points from the receiver uh, position, and I really hope one of those other running backs pans out, and then I think we'll have a really solid team. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think when I looked at your board and you sent it to me originally, I thought you made the perfect two picks at the top of the draft. I think DeAndre Swift and Stefan Diggs, like that's a duo I would want to get at the end of a 12-man league. Um, with, with how thin receiver, um, like the top-tier receivers are and the top-tier running backs, um, if you can't get Cook, Najee at the end of that draft, that's exactly the guy I want. It's DeAndre Swift all day, every time. Um, and Stefan Diggs has wide receiver one potential in that Buffalo offense. So I think you nailed it there. I also love Allen Robinson. I think he's one of the best values in fantasy football at the moment. Um, yep. Grady P not to spoil too much for this yeah. episode, but um, phenomenal value pick there. All right. Speaking of values, we're going to go with our most valuable receiver from each team. Now this is based on ADP. So our first one's going to be, um, I'm actually going to, I'm going to tweak our list a little bit for, for reasons. Okay. We're going to start off with the Dolphins. We're going to start off with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. And I'm going to explain how we're going to do this. I'm going to give two receivers. I'm going to, they should be two very good receivers that are probably drafted in the top 25 receivers, roughly something like that. And, you know, roughly again, two top receivers. Who would you rather have the current ADP? Yes, I would rather have Cooper Cup over Allen Robinson because I think Cooper Cup scores more. Yes, that's an, that's that's yes. But do you want Cooper Cup at his ADP over Allen Robinson? So that's how we're going to kind of do this. So we're going to start out with the Dolphins. Tyree Kill, his ADP is pick 16. That's roughly in round two. He's the wide receiver seven against Jalen Waddle. ADP of 39, wide receiver 16. Who do you like? I prefer Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill here all day. I don't trust Tua to carry multiple wide receivers. I think he does have a connection with Jalen Waddle, but I think I think Tyree Kill is more built. Um, I think I think his skill set is more in line with what Tua will need. He doesn't have the big arm. He's going to need Tyree Kill's speed coming across the field. He's going to need short catches where Tyree can create plays for himself. Not saying Jalen Waddle won't, um, but if you ask me who I'm more confident in to deliver their wide receiver season. I think Tyree kills the clear cut wide receiver one on that team. I think he's the best wide receiver in football from a talent perspective. Um, I, I think he, at wide receiver seven in the middle of the second round, end of the second round, that's exactly where we want to have him. Where in turn, I don't know if I trust J taking Jalen Waddle at the end of the fourth round. I don't love taking the wide receiver two for a team um, that early on in the draft, especially when I don't know, how good that Dolphins offense will be with two at quarterback. So I think both are good plays, but for me, Tyreek Hill, I think is more of a sure option to finish top seven, eight versus Jalen Waddle finishing top 15. Call me crazy. I'm taking Waddle because I think Waddle not only could be more valuable, but I think he could have a better season than Tyreek Hill. Waddle's a guy who's played with uh, Tua in college. And last year he had over a thousand yards, six touchdowns in his rookie year with Tua, who's still really getting used to the NFL. He was a wide receiver 17 last year. Tyreek was a wide receiver 7, but that's a Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not sure how people are really discussing the Mahomes-Tyreek thing, and there's been a lot of uh, discussion about it in the offseason, depending on which side you, you lay on that. But I think Tua might be the wide receiver 1 on this team. I know that Ty Tyreek Hill is more talented. I know he's faster. I know he's getting paid more money. But who's the quarterback going to favor here? Are they going to force feed Tyreek? And they could. But I think two, I, I think that Waddle's going to be the safety blanket. So I, I think I'll, if, if you told me one of my fantasy bold predictions, and again, bold prediction means it's something that's not supposed to happen but can. A bold prediction for me is Waddle finishes above Tyreek Hill. Now, 
Do I really think that's going to happen? N- no. But I think at Tua's value, I'm comfortable taking Tua in rounds four and five. I'm not comfortable taking Tyree Kill in round two. I'm actually avoiding him. I'd rather take Mike Evans. I'd rather take T. Higgins, who's a wide receiver too, that I really think is close to a 1B than a, than a two. I'd rather take like a bunch of guys I'd rather take than Tyreek Hill. I'm avoiding him. So I'm going to take Waddle in this one. We're going to keep it in the AFC East. The Bills, Stephon Diggs, ADP 13, wide receiver 6, versus Gabriel Davis, ADP 62, wide receiver 27. I told Nick this before the episode. I'll say it again. I prefer Stephon Diggs. I said it at the start of the episode as well. Diggs has wide receiver 1 upside. He's phenomenal. He's going right at the end of the first round, early second round. That's exactly where he needs to be. I think that's the floor in this offense. I think it's tremendous. And I have a lot of doubt about Gabriel Davis and his ability to perform for fantasy football, not for actual football. Um, Nick can queue up my take if he wants, or he could say his take first, but uh, you 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 can lead this part. No, I'm leading it, all right. I agree with Nick and Stefan Diggs. This is one where I love Gabriel Davis. However, I don't have that Gabriel Davis on any teams, and I probably won't because there's other people I do like in that range and, and with my strategies and stuff like that. Uh, if I'm doing anchor strategy, I'm targeting a running back when Gabriel Davis is going. Um, so I, and I love Diggs. I took him in a league. I think he's going to be a top five, six wide receiver. So I would, I would prefer Diggs. However, Gabriel Davis last year was the fourth receiver on the team, but his percentage of targets in the, the red zone was insane. I, I don't have it in front of me. I wish I did. I do want to give a shout out to Matthew Barry's latest podcast. Uh, go give that one a listen. They did a whole segment, segment on Gabriel Davis, which almost like totally sold me on him. Uh, there's 180 targets that are now being distributed that Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley are leaving behind. Stefan Diggs isn't getting another 180 targets. They're going to Gabriel Davis. And every time Davis was on the field last year, like Allen was looking for him and targeting him. He looks great at camp. He was raved by Bill's reporters last year and this year. Um, I think Gabriel Davis is a star in the making. And I had him pegged last year. I was a year early on him, and I wish I got. I wish I took him in my dynasty league. Like I had him in my draft, and I dropped him. I wish I'd picked him up so I could have kept him because he's going to have a phenomenal, phenomenal year, and I, he's going to be a top fantasy receiver. Um, he's being drafted as a wide receiver, um, twenty-seven. I think he's going to end up right around there, right outside the top twenty-five. He's going to have a great season, though. Um, a lot of yards to go around, a lot of targets to go around. So that is my exact problem with Gabriel Davis. He is going to finish near his ADP, but those targets aren't fully going to be reallocated to them. Isaiah McKenzie is locked up that slot position. And the fact of the matter is, Gabriel Davis had a chance to beat out Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley last year. He didn't until they saw injuries. That's when he saw the field as the wide receiver too. Sean McDermott didn't trust him last year. That, that's, also, not- that's, that's, that's also what I never understood. Is that like, like, like the buzz was on Gabe, on Gabe Davis before last season. So I never understood why he wasn't camp, on the field It's the more. camp hype. It's the buzz. But the fact is Sean McDermott didn't put Gabriel Davis in over Emmanuel Sanders or over Cole Beasley. So how am I going to now trust that he's going to slot in and eat up all those targets or a large chunk of them? I don't think it's going to happen. I think Cole Beasley's role is going to go to um, Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder, who's filling up that slot role. They have three running backs they're going to use. Dawson Knox is going to be utilized more in that red zone and take away some of those red zone looks. Diggs is a top five receiver in the NFL. Like They have so much talent there. And Gabriel Davis being the wide receiver, too, on a crowded offense that 
you know, I'm not sure if he was more talented because the coaching staff didn't say he was more talented. I don't love Gabriel Davis as a player. And Nick, I'm going to take it from here in transition. We'll go to the Jets. It's Elijah Moore. I, I, I just, I just want to cut. I'll let you. I just want to let the the listeners know. Nick wanted to do the Jets. Just saying. Yes. Yes, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson pretty much going back-to-back in fantasy. A little bit of separation, but both around wide receiver 40. Elijah Moore clearly is the wide receiver one there. Had a five-week game stretch where he was the wide receiver two in fantasy football before he saw a season-ending injury. He had the same amount of hype as Amon Ra St. Brown, except Amon Ra did it in fantasy football championship weeks, which is why you saw the hype. In those games, you saw four different quarterbacks throw to him between uh mike white joe flacco zach wilson and uh i forget his name he was some mobile quarterback and he saw wide receiver two type production he's going at wide receiver 40 there is no doubt in my mind i'm locking in elijah Moore before gabriel davis before the end of the season um i I fully trust him to be quarterback proof you're gonna see injuries you're gonna see zach wilson out two to three weeks to start the year you'll see flacco in there you might see mike white get some reps you saw with this guy strevler in preseason like the Jet, he is a QB proof wide receiver and he is way too talented to pass up on. I know they put a lot of draft stock into Garrett Wilson, but for me, Elijah Moore has like league winning potential at his ADP. Um, I, I think Elijah Moore is a lock there. I would take, I would genuinely take him over Gabriel Davis in drafts. So, just to be clear, if, if you put a gun to my head and said you have to draft the Jet, I would draft Elijah Moore because I like living on this earth. But by, but I, I'm not touching a jet. I spoke about it two weeks ago. I don't want a jet on my fantasy team because I bought into the Jets hype last year. I heard Corey Davis, targets, money, and all this. And I took Corey Davis. And guess what happened by week six? He was on the waiver wire because you don't draft a freaking jet on your fantasy team and expect them to produce. You, I'm sorry. Man, to, I'm just saying they're not going to produce. He'll you be want, on your I know what I love about that Corey Davis take. Corey Davis, when he got hurt, if you put his game, his season on span for 17 games, he put up 1,100 yards, 100 receptions, seven touchdowns, and was the wide receiver 14 in all of fantasy football. And Elijah Moore is a more talented wide receiver. It's so obvious that Elijah Moore is a better play here. I, I think it's phenomenal. His ADP, he's a league winner right now. And he, I want to pull up Corey Davis's game logs. I, I remember he didn't perform after like week one. He had like one he other had, game. He had a Tyler Lockett type year where he had like. Yeah, like I don't want Tyler Lockett. Tyler, Tyler Lockett was the guy I said to avoid last year because I don't want Tyler Lockett. It was that, okay, that's the best Tyler Lockett thing. slash Mike Evans where they had four games <sighs> that would break through your. No, but, but, like, but your my, Mike, uh, Mike's good for a thousand yards. <laughs> no, look. I will take Gabriel Davis over both Jets receivers. We have to make another bet. I will make that bet. I don't care. This is a bet I I learned not to bet on my Jets, and I already have one Jets bet. I'm very confident Elijah Moore will outperform New England players. Uh, I'm not not as confident in the number one offensive football versus like all all the fact, but. All righty. Let's go to the next one. Bengals, Jamar Chase, ADP 7 wide receiver 3 versus T. Higgins, ADP 30 wide receiver 11. Um, I'm going to take this one first. I love both receivers. I said last week uh, in our episode talking about which offenses are really targeting. You can't go wrong with any Bengal on your offense. I like Higgins only because I could go running back in the first round and grab Higgins in the second or third. Higgins outscored Chase in the last six weeks last year. I don't think Higgins has more points than Chase, but I think they could both be top 10 fantasy wide receivers. If I have the running back five and the wide receiver nine, I'm very happy with that. Give me T Higgins in every single draft I could find him in. Uh, 
I don't like T. Higgins at his ADP. I don't love Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is coming off the board at the seventh pick in the draft. I think that's a little too high. Um, but for me, kind of the same reason I don't like Waddle or I don't like Gabriel Davis. It's very hard for the wide receiver two on a team to outperform other wide receiver ones. Yes, I know the Bengals are hot. Yes, I know they just went to the Super Bowl. Yes, I know T. Higgins won people fantasy championships over that four-week span where that whole team got hot. But can he replicate that? Can he put those numbers up again? I think he's really living off a five-week, well, eight-week hype if you include the playoffs um, that, that's giving him this high ADP. I like him a little bit more like in the fourth, maybe the early fifth round. Um, but to take him on the back half of the third is your comfortable wide receiver too. Um, if he's your flex play, I don't hate it. But there's just other players in that range I'd rather have. Um, he's going right next to Michael. He's going right before Michael Pittman, A.J. Brown, and Deontay Johnson. Those are three players I'd much prefer to have than T. Higgins. Where Jamar Chase, I think wide receiver three is more than attainable. Speaking of Deontay Johnson, the Steelers, Deontay Johnson, ADP 40, wide receiver 17, versus George Pickens, ADP 147, wide receiver 56. I think Kenny Pickett's a starter, and I think Kenny Pickett's going to make George Pickens that wide receiver one. There's been so much hype about him. There's been there's so much talent there. I think George Pickens is clearly the next Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase in this draft class. The Steelers are showing every sign of it. The Steelers have never failed a wide receiver. It doesn't feel like the last five stars. Let's look at it. Antonio Brown, Juju, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and uh, and George Pickens now. Like that, that's five studs. That's five great lineups. And they just they always make the next guy their number one guy. I think it's George Pickens' offense this year with Kenny Pickett or with Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I know they gave Deontay all that money, but they didn't give him a long-term commitment. Deontay also has an extensive injury history. Um, so I love both players. I love both their ADP, but I think George Pickens is more of a league winner at wide receiver 56 than Deontay is at wide receiver 17. I've just learned to not bet against Deontay Johnson when it comes to fantasy. Uh, his receptions in the last two years are 88 and 107. He was fifth in receptions last year. He was ninth in fantasy points among wide receivers. Back-to-back -back, uh, seasons of 900-plus yards and seven-plus touchdowns. Um, I don't think any of the Steelers' quarterbacks are any better or worse than Ben was in terms of just throwing the ball to Deontay Johnson and letting him catch it. He's a PPR machine. In PPR leagues, he's going to get you 12 targets a game, catch eight of them. 50 yards and touchdown potential. You just know he's good for it. He's consistent. And I like consistency in my drafts. I do love George Pickens, but he's a late round pick and unproven. This one, I am going to go with the, the proven guy because I like his ADP. I like his situation. If we are in a, and Claypool's still there, as much as I love Pickens and I think he takes the wide receiver two over Claypool, I don't think he jumps to Deontay Johnson, who's been a proven receiver for the Steelers. So I'm going to take Deontay Johnson in this one. Just to play a quick devil's advocate, um, the Steelers' offense is running Chase Claypool in the slot right now. And if it is Kenny Pickett, we know young quarterbacks love slot receivers. So Claypool is a sneaky good pick for his ADP. He's going right yeah. before George Pickens. Well, we couldn't decide which receiver we wanted to choose for this, and we chose Pickett. Yeah. Um, Broncos country, let's ride. That is what the <laughs> note says. Uh this bit's never going to end, is it? And it's not just us. Like, we're not just the only one doing the bit. I turn on NFL Network, like, every day for my dog to watch, and, like, they joke about it. It's it's there. Um, Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton? I know Nick's going Jerry Judy here, so we don't really need to talk about it. 
Oh, it is absolutely not Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's a fun, is a good draft pick at his ADP. Look, he can execute. Um, I, 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 I don't want to cut you off, but I, I, I've been saying that a lot. But I should also mention um, Jerry Judy's ADP is 49 wide receiver 20. Sutton is ADP 55 wide receiver 23. So they're right next to each other. You're kind of picking between the two. This is what makes this segment great because you have to pick one. And it, it, it's the Robert Woods and Cooper Cup situation last year. Will one of them become Cooper Cup? Probably not. But I picked Robert Woods last year thinking he was going to be the guy, and he wasn't. I was close. So, I flipped, you, the coin you know, I, I was, I, I flipped the coin and I got heads. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that comparison the other day. Um, and if you do think about it, Cortland Sutton plays a lot more like Robert Woods, and Judy plays a lot more like Cooper Cup. So, it's very interesting. But you look at Russ's career, and Nick, you could talk about it more in Seattle. I mean, who's the wide receiver he's always loved? He's always loved a deep threat. He always loves a guy that can go make a play deep down the field. And that guy is Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton already had a thousand yard receiving season. He already had those monster numbers with Drew Locke. So clearly he has an element of QB proof. Um, he did sustain a massive injury, which his hat has derailed him a little bit in ADP. And, you know, having Drew Locke as quarterback does not help um, make people want to draft you. But Sutton's one of the most talented receivers in this league. I already said it before. I think I think he has the potential to finish above Dom, Devontae Adams. I put it as my bold prediction for the year. I think Sun's a monster. I think I think he has everything going for him. It's a perfect fit. He has all the makings and the formula of the Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs from the last two seasons to be that league winner. I, I think right now you're watching him rise up the board because everybody's starting to take a note of it. If you have a draft in the next two or three days, like take advantage of it. His ADP is at 55. I guarantee in a week's time, you're going to see it closer to 45. He's going to be going earlier. Take advantage of it now before he spikes too much. Um, I like Sutton a little bit more, but I think they're both good picks. I think it really falls on Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson is going to cook, if he's going to be the guy that he thinks he is, like I love him, but if he's going to be the guy he thinks he is, if he thinks he's an elite quarterback, they're both going to be both top 25 fantasy wide receivers. Russell Wilson goes and shits the bed. Pete Carroll's going to laugh in his face uh, and they won't be top 25 wide receivers. So I don't think here you're trusting the receivers. You're trusting the quarterback. Do you trust Russell Wilson at this point? That's up to you. But Cortland Sutton's uh, the better pick for me. The Raiders, Devontae Adams at ADP is uh, 10 wide receiver four versus Hunter Renfro. ADP 75 wide receiver 32. Uh, Renfro was a, a wide receiver 17 last year. Phenomenal route runner, possibly the best slot receiver in the league. Plays a lot like Julian Edelman. So he's probably going a little bit too low, if I'm being honest with you. I think I'm going to start spiking him up in my uh, predictions. But Devontae Adams. Like, Nick knows I'm in on Devontae Adams. He's still freaking Devontae Adams. Like, you can't debate that. He's still so good. I know the touchdown numbers won't be there. And I know he may not have 1,700 yards. He's still going to have 1,000 and probably eight touchdowns, though. You take Devontae Adams on your fantasy team, like you've got a solid, 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 solid wide receiver, and I'm standing by that. I'm standing so, by Devontae Adams on this. And Nick's going to eat his words in 20 weeks. So you want to know my favorite part of that whole take? You said Devontae is good for 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. That's the wide receiver nine exactly where I have him ranked. So <laughs> for me – even more. I'm just saying that's his, that's his floor, though. That's not his ceiling. His awful. ceiling's closer it, to 1,500 yeah, yards yes. and 14 his, his touchdowns. Floor, his floor is a top 10 receiver. I just think he finishes closer to his floor than his ceiling this year. Um, but for me, the problem is he is going way too high. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't love either of these two players this year as much as I do like the Raiders offense like Nick does. Um, if I had to go with one, 
like Nick said with the Jets, put a gun to my head, who I would rather have. It's it's Devontae Adams because he does have multiple years of a proven track record. I just do think it's been a lot more Aaron Rodgers dependent than QB proof. Like even in I know preseason doesn't mean anything, but even in the regular season games where you saw Devontae Adams with Jordan Love, like obviously Derek Carr's a better quarterback than Jordan Love. But he's not QB proof. He's not like Allen Robinson in Jacksonville. Like that's not the kind of star that he is. So for me, I don't love either of the ADPs. But Devontae will be a top ten receiver. Hunter Renfro will might be a waiver play. Um, you know, in the in the back eight weeks of the of the season. All righty, Chargers. This is another fun one. Keenan Allen ADP twenty four wide receiver nine versus Mike Williams ADP forty five wide receiver eighteen. Um, I'm going with Mike Williams here. Younger player. Uh, they just paid him in the offseason, I believe. Um, we thought he may walk yep. for Josh Palmer and a couple other receivers over there, but they paid him, so they like him. Younger receiver. Uh, he'll, he'll be playing with Herbert probably for longer with in his career tenure than Keenan will. Really broke out last year and had the type of season that we all have kind of projected him to have for so many years. Was better in the first half, was playing like a league winner, and then he – he got banged up and trickled down a little bit, but I'm going to go with Mike Williams. I like the upside. I'm going to chase the upside in this one, and I think he becomes the alpha dog over there. But Keenan's still a good play. He's a great route runner. Um, he's been a fantasy staple for years. You could trust Keenan Allen, but I would take Mike Williams. So I keep this is the one I keep flip-flopping on because I think Keenan Allen comfortably has a safe floor. You saw Mike Williams over like a six-week stretch have like four really bad games this year or last year where you saw that floor. But you did also see Mike Williams have those 35-point games, wide receiver one type week, which advanced stats for fantasy are showing that's what wins you a fantasy championship, not taking the guy with the comfortable floor. But for me in a full PPR league, I know Keenan Allen's getting 160 targets this year. I know he's going to see seven to eight catches a game. So you don't need the touchdowns in an offense that had the second most touchdowns last year. Like like everything points to Keenan Allen executing like the, all those touchdowns really came from Eckler. It's going to flip flop. You will see the touchdown regression for Eckler and the wide receivers like catch some of the more of those balls. Like I, I think everything makes sense for Keenan Allen to have his floor if healthy at wide receiver 10, maybe even higher than that with the potential to win you game. So where you're taking Allen is a wide receiver, like, you know, a bottom tier wide receiver one or a wide receiver two. I love the take because you could go back to back and go grab like a Mike Evans right where he's going and have that league winner with the balance of he's giving you 15 points a game. So uh, for me, I love Allen at his ADP. I like Mike Williams a lot at his ADP, but Allen's proven it for four years. Williams only one or two for me. All right, we got the Eagles now. A.J. Brown, ADP 33, wide receiver 13, and Devontae Smith, ADP 85, wide receiver 35. I don't know why I'm out on AJ Brown this year. Like I, I can't tell you why, um, which is really bad to even say. I, I just think I like other receivers over him. I think his play with Tannehill last year probably scares me a bit too, as I don't think Hertz is that much better than Tannehill. Um, from an athlete standpoint, he's, he's a freak. Um, and I know he missed games last year, but even his fantasy average when he was on the field was like 30th among wide receivers. Still at 800 yards, five touchdowns, but I see more upside with other wide receivers. I'm going to go with Devontae Smith here. 
I pegged him as one of my guys that's going to be a late-round sleeper and I think could really break out if the Eagles are going to become more pass-happy. I think they can support a second wide receiver in this offense at 700 yards, five touchdowns last year. I think he can get right around that. So you're, you're probably not drafting for a ton more upside per se, but I think you're drafting a guy who is going to have a safe floor every week and um, could be a real solid flex play throughout the season, especially that Eagles offense starts to get going, whereas – I haven't seen A.J. Brown on this team yet. I haven't seen him with Jalen Hurts yet. I've seen Keenan Allen with Herbert. I've seen T. Higgins with Burrow. I've, I haven't seen Pittman with Wentz, but I think he's kind of, I mean, with uh, Ryan, but I think that's an upgrade anyway, so that doesn't worry me as much. Um, so that's my my take on A.J. Brown, I think. Um, I'm, you know, I like both. I don't love either. That's kind of where I am on the two of them. If I had to pick one, I'm, I'm taking the proven talent. I know he hasn't seen the field much over the last three years, but it's A.J. Brown. He's a star. Um, Jalen Hurts really only uses one wide receiver. It was Devontae Smith last year. Um, But I think it's A.J. Brown's year. Devontae was hurt a little bit during training camp and preseason. Um, And as I heard a lot of ESPN analysts for fantasy say, A.J. Brown will put up 200 targets if Devontae Smith misses an extended period of time. Um, He looks like he'll be good to go for the season now. But A.J. Brown will be a target machine in this offense. He has the touch, the high, you know, the 50-yard play breakaway that Devontae Smith, I don't think he'll have. Um, He's I, I quick. Like Devontae Smith is a quick receiver. He is quick. He's a good route runner. He could, he could, he could get behind the defense. He can he'll, get those he'll be good bombs. for the 10, 15-yard catch, but A.J. Brown is going to be good for the 50, 60-yard breaks open your fantasy game touchdown. Um, so for me, I, I like having that more. I think where his ADP at is perfect. I think Devontae Smith is, you know, if I had to say Devontae Smith is probably a better value play, so I guess I would lean Smith. Um, but I don't trust Devontae Smith on a weekly basis where I personally want him on my team. All right. The Vikings, Justin Jefferson, ADP 6, wide receiver 2 versus Adam Thielen, ADP 73, wide receiver 30. Jefferson's my wide receiver one on the year and I want him in every league and I'm not going to get him in any league. This is Jefferson for me and it's not really hard. Uh, Thielen's a touchdown machine, but aside from that, he regressed a bit last year. Uh, KJ Osborne also had a, a mini, mini breakout season. I think he could take over that Thielen role at some point in his career as well. I think Thielen's the past of this team, whereas guys like Osborne and Jefferson are kind of the future of this team. I'm not out on Thielen, but I think there's a lot of other receivers with upside around his ADP. Uh, whereas like, like Jefferson's a sure thing for me. He's a sure thing to have 1500 yards and like 12 touchdowns. So I'm going with Jefferson. Like it's just, it's, it doesn't even cross my mind to take Thielen at this point. So I love both these players this year. Um, for me, it's Justin Jefferson because in my drafts, it's Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, and it should be Justin Jefferson as the third player off the board, in my opinion. Um, but I'm going to play a little devil's advocate for this segment. Um, Adam Thielen last year missed four games, saw 100 targets, was on track to have 80 catches, would have been a, roughly a 1,000-yard receiver, and saw 10 touchdowns, pretty much one touchdown per game. We thought he'd have touchdown regression last year. No, he was on perfect pace to match the season prior's statistics. So, for you know, Thielen will execute, especially now having an offensive-minded coach. I don't think we'll have. I don't think you will be shocked if he puts up 16 touchdowns this year if he stays healthy. So I love both their values. I think Jefferson going off the board as the what is it the sixth player? Like yeah. I would take him at the third player. So I'm going to say it's Jefferson, but I think both are tremendous values. All right. 
The Bucks, Mike Evans, ADP 28. That looks really low. Wide receiver 10. Uh, Chris Godwin, ADP 60, wide receiver 25. I love Godwin more as a player because Brady just feeds him targets. If you told me that Godwin was like, if, if they were both healthy for 16 games, I would I would take Godwin. The ACL tear worries me a little bit. I don't know if he's playing week one. I think he is. And then I don't know how many weeks it takes for him to return to Chris Godwin form. Now, if you stash Godwin, right? If you stash Godwin and you believe that he's going to return to form by like, week four he can end up being one of your league winners because you're getting a guy who's if he was healthy he's probably going in the top 20 he might be going before mike evans i would take him over mike evans but i'm gonna take evans here because i don't know the health of chris godwin evans said like eight seasons in a row with a thousand yards he's a red zone machine like brady's gonna feed him in the red zone and gronk's gone at the moment do we think gronk is gone gone no but until gronk is back that is Brady's biggest target he could throw the ball to, and he trusts Mike Evans. So I'm going to trust Mike Evans, and I'm comfortable taking him in that round. I don't think Godwin's a bad pick, but I think you really have to have your receivers situated because he might be on your bench a little bit, and you may not have the stats that you want him to have until like week four. These are the two guys I'm targeting in every league. I don't want to stack them, obviously. But if I'm not getting Evans early, I want Godwin at his ADP. Um, for me, it's Evans purely because I know when Evans is out on the field, he is a machine. He gets that thousand yards every year of his career. He's a monster. He's been incredibly healthy during his career. Yes, he's had some hamstring issues, but he has seen 12, 12 games each of his seasons. Like that, that's good numbers to see. Tom Brady, it's the number one guy he's going to trust. Every weapon on that offense had turnover except for Mike Evans and Godwin, but Godwin, we don't know about the health. I love both. I want both. If you're taking Godwin, like I did in my league, lock up Russell Gage to plug and play him up until Godwin returns. Um, but for me, Mike Evans, sure thing, lock. I said it um, in our, our first or second episode. In the third round, Mike Evans is going way too late. He should be, in my opinion, in the middle of the first round, back of the first round um, for ADP. So Evans, to me, better play. Alrighty, the Cardinals, Marquise Brown, ADP 52, wide receiver 22 versus DeAndre Hopkins, ADP 95, wide receiver 38. I'm all in on Marquise Brown. I've been saying it. And as talented as Hopkins has been for his career, at what point does he start to decline? We Not saw it. A, we, we saw it a tiny bit last year. Uh, I don't know what you saw. Oh, oh we did. I let, saw let, hurt Kyler Murray. Oh, don't, don't put that one on Kyler. No, did you see? Did you see the Von the not his name DeAndre Hopkins video today where he turned around with a defender right on him and caught the football like a Nerf ball? If you didn't, I'm gonna send you the clip right after the episode. You're gonna be like, I didn't, but wow, what I do see that. is DeAndre Hopkins' average last year in fantasy was 14.7 behind Tyler Lockett, Hunter Renfro, Robert Woods, who didn't even play the whole year, Jalen Waddle, Adam Thielen, Mike Williams, T. Higgins. Should I go on? Marquise Brown, I think, could become the alpha dog in this offense. He has six weeks to prove it to Kyler Murray. Those six weeks, I've been saying it on the show the entire season. If those six weeks happen, he goes out there and is averaging about 100 yards a game, a couple touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins is not stepping into that offense and saying, good job, kid. Carry my bags now. I'm the wide receiver one. Mm -mm. No, no, no. Marquise Brown could remain the wide receiver one on that team. I love the value of Marquise Brown. Um, I got him on like round eight, like two weeks ago, which is, I'm, I'm still like shocked about. Um, I think he could be a league winner this year. And, and especially in dynasty leagues, I would target him 
everywhere because him and Kyler are going to be a dynamic duo for years to come. I don't hate Hopkins, but you're, you're sitting on him for six weeks. Then he's got to build that chemistry again with Kyler. Call of Duty comes out in November. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the comms between Kyler and, and Marquise Brown, they're going to be a dynamic duo both on and off the field, whereas DeAndre Hopkins, I don't know what he's going to do. Maybe he'll keep playing Call of Duty for six weeks. That is a ridiculous take. DeAndre Hopkins is the better play. He's going off the board as a wide receiver, 38. He is guaranteed to put up that average points per game in the time that he plays. You're a, it's a lot of speculation. Marquise Brown will be the alpha dog for six weeks. Maybe, maybe he will. But the fact is, DeAndre Hopkins, quarterback proof. Been phenomenal for the past two years with um, with Kyler Murray. He's a stud. Like you said, put up about 15 fantasy points per game. That's phenomenal for your wide receiver. Like, but is it though? Four that's coming off the board. He's coming off as a wide receiver four at the. I point know he is. I I know, but him, I, I know, but you're, you're taking like... him as a bench player right now. Take DeAndre Hopkins. It's speculation. Okay, but okay, but, but take, here's the thing. You're taking here's why, your. Flex here's why I hate ADT. No, because, no, let me finish. No, no, Marquise <laughs> Brown. Marquise <laughs> Brown is going off the board to be your locked and loaded flex play for a guy with speculation, yes. and that by week six we're not confident he's the. But Marquise Brown was a, was a flex play last year. He was a flex play last year. Though. How is he going to execute with Cliff Kingsbury? Cut like there's too many weapons there. Marquise Brown has six weeks to prove himself. He's going to play a lot of Call of Duty, and he's going to play Call of Duty. Him and Kyler are going to get enough reps on and off the field. It's going to happen. You're getting DeAndre Hopkins in the tenth round. It is a lot taking Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown in this argument at twenty-two is going next to Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Chris Godwin. I'll take all those guys over him. There's okay. no way. Yes. There's no way Hopkins, I'm taking in, in this scenario, he's going in around 10, but I don't know how many drafts you've done. I've, have you done one or two? I've done one in person and a lot of mocks. Where, where has Hopkins gone in your in-person? He's you going um, – In the in-person. Do you remember where he went? Because in my, three dra- in my two drafts I've done, Hopkins went between round six and eight. People still believe in the name. So, yes, we're going off the ADP here for the segment, but he's not going to be at ADP 95 in your drafts. I am trying to find it. While you're doing that, I'm gonna move on. But you could, again, I think we we talked about it enough. I'm I'm glad we disagree on some of this stuff. All righty, the Rams, Cooper Cup, ADP three wide receiver one versus Allen Robinson, ADP seventy four wide receiver thirty one. Hopkins went in the ninth. Uh, the ninth. I, this, do you want you want to start this? Or you want me to start this? Up to you. You go for it. I'll go first because I love Cooper Cup and I think he's gonna have a great season and I don't see any problem with taking him in round one. But the value of Allen Robinson, I said it earlier in the show, if he's there in round six or seven, that's a steal. If Robinson was like rounds four or five, five is where I draw the limit. If he was four or five, I would say Cooper Cup's the better value just because of what what he's going to do again. But we were talking round six or seven, and like I've gotten Robinson in those later rounds, a back-to-back draft snap. Insane value. Insane Stafford's going to throw for 4,000 yards. Like, Cup's going to get 1,200 of them, and Robinson's going to get another 1,000. And he's a big-body receiver. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns, too. This is phenomenal value. This is a league winner value we're talking about. If Cooper Cup's on your team, great. He could bring you to a championship, too. But if you have Allen Robinson in round six, who's is going to play like a wide receiver two instead of a three or four, that's a league winner right there. That's the type of player you get to be a league winner. Allen Robinson in round six. 
I completely agree. I'm not going to say much. I, I, I just said I take Taylor slash McCaffrey one, two, and then Jefferson three. I think you could take Cup three. I think you could, I think Cup for me is the number four player off the board. So, you know, it's not much harder to do better than that. But for me, Allen Robinson's a lock. He should be – he will, is being drafted to be a flex play. That is the best flex play you will see in fantasy football. He's the best value in the draft right now. He is going uh, – outside of Portland Sun. But he is going in a sixth, seventh round where he's your flex or he's your first bench flex, depending if you took three receivers. By week three, you're not going to put him in your flex. He's going to be your he, wide he's receiver a, He's a wide receiver. He's a thousand-yard receiver. He's been QB-proof all but last year, and that was just Matt Nagy alone. It's, you know, the and worst. Justin Fields, who I think is the worst shit. arm in the NFL for any starter. So, for me, it's it's locked and loaded. Allen Robinson at his ADP, absolute league winner. You should draft him everywhere that you can. Yeah. He will be a guy that's reached on a round or two early. Yep. Um, we'll see who gets him an hour draft. Uh, 49ers, <laughs> Debo Samuel at wide receiver uh, 5, ADP of 12 versus Brandon Ayuk, ADP 103, wide receiver 42. So here's the two sides of the coin. I don't like Debo's ADP. I've talked about that before. I don't think the stats remain the same. I'm starting to come around on Ayuk. There's a lot of buzz. He's worked with Trey Lance and Camp, but we also got that last year. I'm going to go with Ayuk because I like the buzz. I, I sometimes feed into it. We all do it. And I like that he's working more with Lance. I think Debo regresses. And I like the value of Ayuk in like the 10th, ninth or 10th round, whereas I don't trust Debo in round two maybe in round three in that T Higgins, AJ Brown like area, but I'm not taking Debo around like Stefan Diggs or Devontae Adams or CD lamb, or even like Mike Evans. So I'm going IUK here. So to me, if you are going zero running back here, you know, hero wide receiver, like you're at the backhand of the first round. I think there's no better dual pick than the, the three of the Stefan Diggs, Debo Samuel, and Tyreek Hill, all the others should be off the board at that point if Devontae Adams falls. You can make that decision. You know mine. Um, but outside of that, Brandon Ayuk is getting all the hype. He's getting all the looks. And I know he got it last year, but he also heated up last year. He also, in the season, looked really good with Trey Lance on the field. So Ayuk, for me, you're going to know two weeks in if you can cut him. Debo Samuel, do I think he will deliver on his ADP? Yes, but without knowing what he's going to get in that rushing game, I'm not as confident on taking him to be my wide receiver one without locking up a receiver too early, and then you go no running back. Like, for me, it's too complicated. Just go grab Ayuk, who has the potential to finish as a top 30 receiver, or for hoping Debo delivers exactly what he did last year, where you know a big element of his game is getting cut out. So uh, I'm I'm in agreement with Nick. Let's take Brandon Ayuk in the in the tenth round, eleventh round. And last but not least, I don't even love this one. DK Metcalf, ADP forty six, wide receiver nineteen versus Tyler Lockett, ADP eighty six, wide receiver thirty six. I want neither. I put them on the same plane <laughs> as the Jets. I want Gabriel Davis. I want Gabriel You're Davis over these two. Um, DK's a freak. Put a gun to my head, I'm taking DK. But my issue is that ADP of 46, like he's going around Cortland Sutton, Marquise Brown, Godwin. So if you drop DK like three rounds, I'll take him, but I don't think he produces. Like, And we're going to see if DK's like QB proof. We're going to see if he could be Allen Robinson. It's going to be very interesting. I don't want Tyler Lockett. Like I have him on my dynasty team. He's probably going to ride my bench. I got him for like a, seven, like a seventh round pick, so I was okay with that. 
Um, I want no part of Tyler Lockett this season. Like, I would rather take the upside of like Romeo Dobbs or, uh, you know, like Jahan Dot uh, Dotson. Like, I don't want Tyler Lockett because I see zero upside. If anybody's gonna like break out in this offense, it will be DK Metcalf. So I don't care what Lockett's ADP is. Like, I just don't want him, and I don't I don't see the value at all. For me, I agree. I don't want either of these guys. There's a ton of receivers in both their range I'd rather have. But like we said, gun to your head, who are you taking? If Drew Locke's the starter there, Drew Locke has produced a thousand yard receiver in Cortland Sutton. He will probably do the same with DK Metcalf. I just don't feel comfortable taking either. I I see the world, and it's my prediction that neither of them finishes a top 24 receiver which I don't think is crazy at all to say. Um, it is crazy given their talent, but with, with the QB uncertainty there, if Geno Smith's there, there is no shot either or delivers on ADP. If it's Drew Locke, maybe DK can put the 1,000-yard season together, but I don't trust or like either or at their ADP. They should be going at least a round and a half to two rounds later than they're going right now. I would take DK because I think there's more upside. I think Tyler Lockett's floor was it was low with Russell Wilson. It's not going to be higher with Geno Smith yep. or Drew Locke. Totally agree. Alrighty guys. So that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening and joining in. If you liked our takes, let us know. If you didn't like our takes, let us know as well. Let us know which receivers you want and your address out of all of these. And we'd love to get some interaction going. So uh, definitely connect with us on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, primetime FF pod, Facebook or YouTube primetime fantasy podcast. YouTube's where you can watch the show. This episode, every episode coming up. We're going to have two episodes every week until the season. Then once the season starts, it's four every week, uh, plus the live show on Sunday mornings. Um, if, again, if you want to listen to the show, we're on all podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, all that other fun stuff. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we are going to have a live draft special on Tuesday. We're still working out uh, – the kinks for that one, but we'll be drafting an hour league on Tuesday night as long as it doesn't get moved. Uh, we'll do a live draft special for that, and we'll have some other fun stuff next week to prepare you for any late drafts you have, and we're really excited for all of that. Talk to you soon. Good luck in your drafts if you're drafting this weekend. Again, draft your rosters, and let's win some championships.